right. We're the ghouls next door. Yeah, two of us. Yeah. I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And that's us. That's and, us. <laughs> <laughs> and we're part of the Black Tribbles Network. Yeah. Which is an amazing nerdy resource, um, an amazing show featuring some of our favorite nerds and geeks. Yeah, so if you want to geek out about lots of things, or you specifically want to geek out about horror, yeah, come you've hang come out. to the right place. Yeah, because we're both of those things. Because I'm Gabe the horror triple, and I'm Cat the death by robots triple. So we make a lot of sense yeah. in this world. <laughs> so thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Yeah. As well, in in addition. So we're both me. Yep. I just love what you got going on. Now I want it. I want a piece of that pie. All right. So I'll give you some of my illnesses. Okay. Yeah. I got narcolepsy. <laughs> that sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got asthma. I have lots <laughs> of medicines. Don't work. <laughs> I guess I'll share. Yay. We'll we'll live half as long. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, I promise not to kill any of the animals. Okay, good. Please don't kill any of our cats. (laughs) Uh, Hey, listener. This is our 42nd episode. Holy crap. It is for our New Year, New You. And we're talking about envious imposters. We're talking about single white females. We're talking about (laughs) (laughs) in relationship brown females. (laughs) <laughs> where I'm trying to they're in, in relationship white female friends. Yes, yes. Have you seeking same? Yeah, seeking same ish, <laughs> same adjacent, same around. Uh, listener, have you ever just wanted to be a different person? Maybe a very specific person whose life you so desire you'll do anything to get it. Personally, no. Even give yourself a terrible 90s haircut just to replicate them i don't know i don't know about that i feel like that's the line <laughs> that's, that's that's it's the line. That haircut that she had to get haircut Ooh. <laughs> murder that's fine haircut nah it's dedication yeah yeah you gotta prioritize <laughs> exactly what's important to you yeah so at that point human like, life you know eh. she... hair very was she really cool? Yeah, but she also had that awful haircut. That's fair. <laughs> we have opinions about it. We're the ghouls next door. Yeah. I'm Gabe. Oh, no. Uh, last week, we had talked about social media and the harm that comes from envying and aspiring lives uh, based purely on the impression of what you're seeing online. But this week, we're talking about a much more toxic version of this, In which you're not just replicating a person's social media presence, but instead their entire life. And it's because you care about them. Yeah, that sounds... Love them a bunch. That sounds like what you do. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I guess it's like, it's definitely a lot worse because you're not taking someone's fake life. You're taking on their real life. Yeah. And trying yeah. to just be like, oh, no, I'm this person now. Because I love them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to be them and only have them. Mm. Creepy voice. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> well, do you do you remember in high school or grade school when your friend would cut her bangs and you think, oh, my gosh, we have to match. She looks so great. Of course, that will look great on me as well. Uh, we have the same soul, so we might as well have the same face. <laughs> and then can't say and I've experienced that, but continue. You definitely did. And then, well, <laughs> you forgot that while your friend has nice, cooperative, straight hair, and you have gnarly, uncooperative curls that most certainly disagree with being cut into bang form, uh, at least the same way as someone with straight hair, uh, and you come out looking stupid for an entire year while it grows out. You ever do? You ever do that? No. <laughs> what? You never want to look like your best friend? Nah. I feel like probably a little bit, because, like, I had friends who were pretty times. Yeah. And I, like, wanted to be, like, pretty times, so I'd probably, like, dress kind of more similar. I was more, like, heady, probably, as <laughs> a child. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I didn't murder anything or any, That's like, good. creatures or people. That's um good. good start. But I definitely get that, like, whole envy thing of, like, my friend has this. They look so great with this. Boys like them. Or, like, you know, mm-hmm. people like them. And they don't like me for some reason. So I'm just going to do all the same stuff. I definitely feel that. But I definitely... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never gone to the in- intense extreme version of that, which is, like, trying to take Getting someone else's life. Yeah. Bangs were usually, um, as an adult person, a choice, but as a young person, it was my mom cut my hair for me because she didn't want to go to super cuts. She yeah. did it herself for free and it always looked very awful. No. Yeah. Yeah. I did that in grade school, but then also in high school, it was reversed because I cut my bangs and I actually straightened my hair every day and it was the worst. And my friend tried to replicate and cut hers, and it was a bad time. Uh, and yeah. right now I'm considering getting bangs, so that means uh, you can't do it. I mean... I'm not doing it that's... to replicate anyone, but it's my thing now, so you gotta... I can't replicate it. Yeah. I had a funny moment the other day where I was, like, at the hair dye section of the store... Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I can't get like purplish red because that's Gabe's color and yeah. we can't have the same hair color at the same time because it'd be weird. Yeah. It would look like we're trying to be the same. We already accidentally talk in unison enough that like... It's creepy. There's just like one step further that would make it significantly more creepy than it needs to be. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like the hair color is that line currently. Yeah. Flesh yeah. style. I did the same thing because I was trying to buy, I was thinking about buying hair dye and I was like, I can't do this dark blue because that's a cat's tune. Yeah. So I just had that same situation. Yeah. It was literally like three days ago. So I'm happy <laughs> that we are the same human, but we maintain different physical forms. That's good. That's the important yeah. part. I feel like that's, that's the key. That's how, <laughs> we, that's how we maintain non-codependence is yeah. um, we respect each other's styles and, you know, let them be. 
Except for when we wear the same clothes, because those are fun. But we do that on purpose. Yeah, that's just to be creepy. And that's because we acknowledge that it's funny. Yes. Yeah. So, next month we're going to be addressing this idea of the obsessive lover uh, dynamic in films for both the stalker man and the stalker woman. Because both can be. Yes. Equality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But today we're talking more about the idea of not wanting so desperately to be with someone, but rather to be someone. Which also in these two films did have some underlying sexual things happening. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that was more of like a residual thing of like wanting that connection. I do not feel like it was the cause. I would agree. And the driving factor. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like the the films we're going to talk about, uh, unfortunately, only further perpetuate the idea that this idea of girlfriends being toxic, like... How there's so many girls out there like, I don't have girlfriends because they're needy and they gossip and they're crazy and drama. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I only have guy friends because they're so level-headed. Like, okay, what guy do you have? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or better still, in in one of these films, having a gay male friend Mm. instead. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I found a quote on a blog by Matt Bramer where he is talking about single white female, the film, which is what we're going to talk about. But this is also um, a the like a urban dictionary term for someone who's just like crazy in a relationship. Yeah. Like someone who's obsessed with you is a single white female kind of yeah. you're single white femaleing. Um, But what he says is, in single white female, being fixated with a person's look, behavior, and personality represents a fetishization. Personality. Yeah. Represents a fetishization of that person as a whole. It's a female-driven fatal attraction in which physical transformation not only overcomes sexual gratification, it completely replaces it. He talks about how it's transformative from the usual take on fatal attraction and that Heidi is someone who cannot be with Allie, like not have lesbian desire or sex with her. So she gets off by pretending to be Allie. Yeah. Uh, he had said she can't have sex with Allie, but she can have sex as Allie, which is where the power comes from. Yeah. I definitely felt that <laughs> when we were watching it, that she's definitely, there was a mix of like envy for her, but also pity for both of our main characters. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's not so much like your life is the best. It's that your life is really good and you're not doing the best at it. Yeah. It's like all this stuff could be so easy for you, but you're not living up to your full, like, I guess like advantage that you clearly have. And I could do that so much better if I was just you in the wheel yeah behind the wheel yeah like you need so much protecting that you just need someone else to be you yeah and like do Why it do you better even want to exist that's fine you just don't exist i need to be you so that yeah. you don't mess up this perfect life that you have yeah it's but it's definitely this like obsession of it's 
I think that's the big difference is this idea that it's not that you want to be with this person because she does like both the characters do want to be with that person and want to be their friend and very much like are codependent and very reliant on this person needs that person to like approve of them and love them unconditionally but then it transforms at some point into like wanting to be them which I think is is different and kind of more dangerous Oh, yeah, because, I mean, for one person to be another person, the original person cannot exist. Yeah, we can't both be that. Yeah. And I guess, like, it ties back to just, like, not having a sense of self or, like, self-identity that, like, it's better to just drop whatever your perceived version of yourself was and just be this person. Yeah. Because that time was bad, and now you have this new opportunity in this person that you found to, you know, take over their lives and just ruin your old past life and take on this nice new one yeah there's definitely a new year new you (laughs) yeah uh a sociopathic kind of tendency in it and that you are so unattached to who you are fundamentally and so manipulative that you can like drop everything that you are and become this other person yeah and like fixing them because i think that's what's really important too is like they don't think that they're perfect. Like, what we'll talk about when we talk about these yeah, films. Like, I agree. Hedy they... was definitely like, you're one of the most weak women I've ever met. Yet, she's like, being her. Yeah. And being a more powerful version of her. Like, going to an S&M club, which Allie would never be caught dead in. Yeah. Like, she was being a powerful version of what Allie could have been. Yeah. No, I definitely agree that it's just like, I thought it was really interesting that they didn't see them as like these perfect people who like they needed, they wanted their life so bad because it was perfect. They wanted it because I guess like of the obsession end, but they saw their flaws Yeah. and saw like they're, I guess it's like they're the same, but also like yin and yang kind of like we complete each other. Yeah. Kind of creepiness. That was like, I can be you, but better because I am, like, made to be you. Yeah. We are made of the same thing, but I am the better That's crazy. version. That's yeah. Though. So that's so definitely not a great time. <laughs> no. And I, I think one of the biggest problems with the protagonist in both the films that we're going to talk about, Allie and Sarah, are that they are too nice. Yeah. That they are completely reliant on being non-confrontational to the point where there are some really obvious red flags and, like, clear, just, like, warning signs that are, like, this person is not well. And yeah. that, like, they could be actively helping them and, and contributing to them getting well, but instead they just keep, you know, going along with it and not wanting to poke this bear. And that what that's what ends up, you know being so detrimental in the end were this a different personality type i don't think that would happen but i also don't think that they would have been targeted yeah that's fair i feel like it's definitely their personality that kind of not allowed for this kind of behavior but like sort of i don't know like that made it attractive to somebody who would be doing things like this yeah well because it's like if so Women are oftentimes, like, you know, influenced to be polite. Like, not, you know, speaking up as often, trying to be delicate, trying to be soft. Um, 
And these two women were exceptionally that. And I don't think that's a problem. Like, I don't think that it's awful that they're nice. Um, I just think the problem arises from, like, them not feeling like they could say anything. And also, like, being continuously gaslit by these people as well. Like, yeah. you're crazy. What do you mean? I'm, I just happened to buy the, I like your, the style you have, so I'm wearing the clothes that you have. Yeah. Or I really love your hairstyle, even though it's absolutely absurd. Let me just replicate it. It looks so great on me. It did. It honestly looked way better on, <laughs> on her. It was interesting. I, I don't. I didn't understand why, but yeah, it definitely had a different element to it. Yes. I don't yeah. know. It's it's tough because I feel like women are taught two things that totally contradict each other. Um, one that speaking up and being aggressive will be the res- like the result of that will be be being attacked or killed. Yeah. But that also inversely <laughs> that. Doing all the opposite things, not being confrontational and being too nice can also get you killed or yeah. like be attempted to be killed and stuff like that. Like, it's like, how do you, how do you be? Yeah. Which way? How are we? Which way do we do? I don't know. Yeah. But I feel like definitely confrontation is something women are taught not to do because you could get murdered because of it. And also non-confrontation is also terrible because then you enable bad behaviors that result into like abusive relationships yeah that could also end up with you dying or your pets or like people you care about because of inaction essentially yeah and i think it's all what this really boils down to is all having to how to interact with someone who might have certain disorders and certain things that manifest in certain ways and this isn't to say that like anyone who has these is immediately that crazy psycho person who's trying to take over your life but that this would explain why those people were that way and that the real real trauma and terrible things that came from this is that people did not get them the help that they should have had it should never have gotten this far like even in the film uh Mm -hmm. that (laughs) clearly there are signs clearly people are out there who care about them but just not enough to do anything yeah, and it's really interesting. I don't know. I guess in general, like, how mental disorders are portrayed on screen. Yeah. And how usually there's, like, a blanket. Oh, this is schizophrenia or bipolar. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that explains it. That's totally yeah. that's totally why they went around murdering people. It's like, no, that's not. There are plenty of high-functioning regular people who have mental illness yeah. associated with who they are. And the difference is they actively work on it or like have people who actively take a part in helping them make sure that, you know, they're okay. And they're making sure and in, in themselves that they're okay. And are like taking active steps to better themselves and make sure that they're not in a terrible place Yeah, where they feel the need to have destructive behavior. Um, but we read some things, yeah. um, basically that, uh, the character Hetty could have been, diagnosed with borderline antisocial personality disorders yeah um but but that she seems able to like care about others but only in how like they benefit or serve her needs yeah so kind of like sociopathic behavior mixed with like caring but but also it's like like selfish selfish, and yeah. yeah it's like motivation um and that the only reason that like she isn't able to manage this in a regular way is because she's experienced a lot of trauma and that like as you said people haven't like taken the steps needed to help her get the help that she needs they kind of just are like oh she's crazy 
hopefully nothing else happens and like just send her away or we'll she just runs trust away that she'll in be this. fine yeah and i guess that's just like kind of a misunderstanding in that like they just can't picture how all of that would work or they just maybe honestly in traumatic life situations don't care enough to get her the help that she needs they just want an easy child and that's not what they got and yeah it's messed up and it's awful because when a lot of times i feel like people won't admit that there's a problem because they want something easier when they're doing more of a disservice to like their child because they're not getting them the help that they need um but as you said like it's it causes the gaslight effect where it's a lot of manipulative behavior and basically there's a book by Robert Stern. Um, basically, The Gaslight Effect, How to Spot and Survive the Hidden Manipulation of o- Others Used to Control Your Life. And it explains that a person on the receiving end of this behavior is meant to doubt his or her perception of reality um, if it differs from that person in power. So as you were seeing throughout the film of her being like, oh, it's no, it's because of this, or you should let me know you're getting home safe because I was worried and upset the dog. Yeah. And stuff like that where it you're Absolutely. seeing all of these like troubling behaviors and you're gaslit into like being like, no, no, Maybe I'm, a, I'm the problem. Yeah. It's not them. They're not acting toxically or like destructively towards me. I'm the problem. I should have thought. Yeah. Or like decrease the chance of confrontation. But um, they do this to maintain control of the people. And with the personality disorder, need to make other people in their lives wrong. So, like, that they feel like they have wronged them and need to make up for it by continuing to allow the behavior. Yep. Essentially. Um, And honestly, that's really stressful to me because I definitely feel like I would be more susceptible to being subjected to that kind of thing. Like, question my reality all the time. And someone being like, no. It was you. And I'd be like, oh, maybe it was. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I say I enjoy that it's become more of a, um, it's a term that people are using more and becoming more aware that it is a thing that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very prominent in relationships where one person is cheating uh, mm-hmm. because it's like, you're like, okay, I'm seeing all these signs that you're cheating on me. And then they're like, no, you're acting crazy. And that mm-hmm. turn in manipulation really makes you just like, oh, maybe I'm paranoid. Maybe I'm just envious or, you know, I don't yeah. trust them. This is something about me. Which and then doesn't... When you find out like you're right. And then you're just like, well, now I'm just extra paranoid all the time. Yeah. Now yeah. I am acting irrationally. I've been traumatized by this event and I'm yeah. going to act out in my next relationship because I am traumatized by this and I no longer trust people. Yeah, absolutely. It just, it creates something that's like, well, first you're being logical and nice and like actually just concerned and be like, hey, I think you're doing these things and then you're made to think you're wrong and then you're confirmed that you're right and then in the next one you could be totally wrong and you just don't see that because you were tortured Well, because your foundation, like your reality was completely shaken by that person who's telling you that you're wrong and you have to rethink everything. And that definitely is very clear in these situations Mm -hmm. where when there were those flags, they very easily were convinced that it was nothing at all and that's really their fault because of just how manipulative these people are. And that's what some 
you know, personality disorders can do. Because you're able to, like, kind of disassociate from, like, being, like, empathetic towards another person. So it makes you much more easier to manipulate. Yeah, you no longer see people as people. You kind of see them as tools in your life to, like, serve your happiness. But in a lot of ways, like, you cannot control your own happiness. Yeah. And don't feel happy. So that's why these things are happening. Um, yeah, it's just fascinating. <laughs> yeah, Honestly. absolutely. And I, yeah, I guess I just really don't enjoy that there's always just like this blanket diagnosis of like bipolar or schizophrenia when it's usually other things or there's just way you don't know. You're not a doctor. Yeah. Stop WebMDing yeah. this person's like problems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, ever, there's like a, a popular podcast that everyone should stop listening to where he essentially, the host, will label anyone who has a mental disorder as being crazy and like essentially says that they're a ticking time bomb. That if oh, you have great. like bipolar disorder, then you're guaranteed to at some point snap. And it's like, that's absolutely insane because there are a lot of people who have bipolar disorder or schizophrenia who aren't going around killing people. And the people yeah. who do kill people, like not all of them are bipolar or have schizophrenia. Some of them are yeah. just normal people who are sociopaths. And it's just like, yeah, I know so many bipolar people who just have like regular lives. Yeah. And like... The only difference is that they see therapists. Yep. As everyone probably should, because we're all a little needing to talk to people. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's wild to me that, like, there's such the stigma or, like, this idea that, I guess, like, if you are bipolar or you have some sort of mental illness, they're like, you're just going to go murder people. It's like, no, it's not that intense. Yeah. It's just like, hey, I take medication. Yeah. Sometimes probably. I binge or, like, on food and things i don't need because i get really excited yeah or it's just like i am a little more prone to stress or like feel more depressed or like you know it's just like harder to control the range of emotions that doesn't mean you're gonna go freaking kill people like that's not how it works i know plenty of people who just don't go to work and come home and read books or like honestly have a deeper understanding of what life is yeah emotional depth because they also respect it a lot more because it's more work yeah and it's just like emotions are hard and i you know actively have to work on mine so now i'm very empathetic and aware that other people have issues and i see like the world in a deeper context where i'm not like that person sucks it's like no i wonder what they're going through because not everyone knows yeah and you are more deliberate because you know what it feels like to not be heard and to not get noticed so if you're someone who's struggled with something like that like i know people who have schizophrenia and it's they're just aware of like their feelings and what they're thinking and if you're second guessing like what they're doing odds are they also are too because that's what they're trained to do and so with this it's like i think honestly the real villain in these films isn't I mean, yeah, they're the villain because they end up, like, killing people or hurting people drastically. But the villain really is the people that are around them who didn't help them, who did not get them the help that they needed. Like, it eventually, like, I'm not saying, oh, this is a catch-all, so they're exempt 
because <laughs> they also could have been helping themselves. But there's ample opportunities from like the parents Who or even checks. the so-called friend that this main character is supposed to be who isn't like, this isn't right. Maybe we should actually get you some help and talk to you. No, I'm just going to talk to all my friends about how I kind of want you just out of my hell. So Yeah, life. but I'm going to manipulate you back and say it differently. Yeah, and it's just like that whole like, oh, it's not you. It's just this. It's like you're not helping that person. You're no. not helping them They grow. should know that it was them. Like they did something that upset you, and it's just like. Yeah, it's it, especially ridiculous. if you're, you're someone. You're just enabling behavior that like isn't okay. And it's not anyone's job to fix somebody if they don't no. want to fix themselves. But at the same time, there has to be, like, accountability for yeah. the fact that, like, hey, you're clearly not cool, man. Yeah. What can I do to help? And it's not even a judgment thing. It's just, like, I care and you seem to be struggling. Yeah. What can I do to be there for you in a non-toxic and, like, codependent way? Yeah, with this envious imposter and this need, I think it's a really more of a bigger conversation about mental illness and the stigmas that are around it and how we are portraying them and therefore, you know, further perpetuating this idea that like those people need to be demonized and not given the help that they need. Yeah, and I guess like it's also just like these are grown adults. Yeah. It blows my mind. Like, I know, like, when I was, like, younger, or, like, you're a kid, you're less likely to, like, want to have confrontation and, like, yeah. you make mistakes. But, like, grown, grown you're a adults grown woman. who, like, can't be like, hey, I thought it was a little weird when, like, you freaked out about me coming home late. Like, I really care about you, but it's not, I don't have to let you know where I am all the time because, like, we're not that yeah. kind of friend. You're my roommate and I care about you and I want to know you're safe and I'll do my best to let you know when I'm safe. Mm -hmm. But like, it was kind of weird when you freaked out on me about that. Yeah. And even from the point of view of the person who freaks out, it would also be more positive for that person to talk about it and be like, I'm sorry that I freaked out on you. And the reason why was because I had like, I'm terrified when you leave, I feel abandoned. And that's beginning that conversation because to me it's like i also understand from her point of view the thing thing that i was thinking where i was like yes no because it's like helping that person understand why they feel the things that they do instead Mm -hmm. of just like yelling at them for feeling things yes because it's like you're totally valid and feeling the way that you do let's figure out why you feel the way you're way you do because i feel like it's not entirely personal about me i feel like it's yeah, this sounds like more. More than just like you're upset that I came home late. Yeah. I care enough to ask you Yeah. why you might care like, this much about me coming home late. Because yeah. it's clearly not just because of this one instance. There's something else happening. Let's talk about it. Uh-huh. Let's be open about our emotions. Sometimes uncomfortable conversations are necessary in life. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> Being yeah. a human and an adult person. Crazy. Yeah. And I remember what I was going to say before. And it was essentially like if someone has borderline like sociopathic tendencies or ideas, then they probably don't have a full like grasp on like human emotion and like the proper reaction to things as well. It's kind of like on the spectrum where just like you don't always know that this is the proper way to react. 
So the only way they're going to learn that is if you're talking to them. So when you come home and they freak out because they're like, where have you been? Being like, not saying like, oh, I guess they're right. And also not saying like, hey, what the fuck? Like, how dare you? Like, not having that, but being like, hey, that was a little weird. And this is why, like, I don't, like, we probably come from two different worlds. So I don't know how it works where you're from. But where I do uh, is that's not really cool. But why did you need to know where I was? You know, like, what can I do to make you feel more comfortable, but also within my range of comfort? Yeah. It's very real. And it's just... There's so much happening in the film. And I definitely think the first one did better than the second in terms of like, and it was weird because the first one was significantly older, but the main character, as much as she did, like not talk to her about the problems actively like had moments where she was like, maybe we can get her help. Yes. And like, wasn't and trying called to... her parents. Like yeah. That. Like wasn't just demonizing her and like, it's like, Oh, she's crazy. It was, she had moments where she was like, I can call her family and ask, like, advice on how to, like, help her or, like, try to figure out what's happening, not by directly talking to her, which is clearly something that should have happened, but, like, in a more sympathetic and empathetic way than was seen in the second movie. Yeah. But also, it seemed like this lady's crazy. She tries to touch mine. I'm gonna kill her. Like, that's kind of, like, the vibe I got from the second one. I just didn't enjoy it. Like, they found out she might be bipolar and was like, oh, yeah, murder. Yeah. That's probably the inevitable course that's going to happen now. It was just, yeah, I did not like the second movie. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk Alright, so as we've expressed, we have watched two films, which are essentially the same film based on a book. So the first film we're talking about is Single White Female from 1992, uh, which is based on a book of the same name, but it's uh, SWF, Single White Female, Seeks Same. So racism. Yeah, which I will talk about. But uh, essentially what this movie is about is that a woman advertising for a new roommate finds that something very strange is going on with a tenant who decides to move in. Uh, it's directed by Barbette Schroeder. So yay, lady director. Yeah. Um, her and her cinematographer are were very well known for um, films and media and content that were either feminist or um pro like lgbtq Mm -hmm. so in some ways that's you can really see that yeah in other ways there were some problems i had (laughs) but again it was also in the 90s so we didn't have fourth wave feminism of feminism i guess exists now yeah um yeah so one one thing i was thinking when i when i thought of the SWF seek same is like, why? Why couldn't it just be single female seek same? That's where I found it kind of, that's like so blatantly racist. Why yeah, is that no, there? Yeah, no, it definitely, it definitely is. And I guess maybe because it's the 90s, people were like, all right. Yeah. But like also. That it was allowed. But I, it, I. And I guess it does set up oh, as like, so we've talked about in our own personal conversations, the dynamic that like, 
if this was between two different races, this wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah. If she hadn't been racist, this film would have been different because there's no way that, like, if her roommate was a black girl, could have walked around pretending to be Allie to the same degree that Jennifer Jason Lee can. So there's that. But it's also just like, I just thought it was strange. Let's not use racism why for the it's purpose there. of plot. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I, I get it. Like, but yeah. if it had been like, oh, she just happened to get a white roommate, but I think it's super bizarre that she requested that. Why? I you don't could have done it without requesting it. One hundred percent. Why? It does single right. female. It could have been like, same. okay, a bunch of different women have come through, and this one seems nice. Yeah. She just happens to also be a white lady. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But seeking it out seems like I would have showed up. And here's the thing. Here's a fun fact about this film. Uh, apparently, and according to imdb so it could possibly be a lie i don't know but imdb says that whoopi goldberg actually auditioned for the role of allison jones huh imagine the film had it been whoopi goldberg not just because of who whoopi goldberg is but as a like if a strong black woman is now this like protagonist one we would not have Je- jennifer jason lee two it would not be called single white female we would have fixed it. It would have it been would have called been single, single female, female seek same, same. <laughs> which would have been fine. Although it does also sound like a lesbian a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but that's kind of the vibe that I think they were trying to put out there um, yeah. because all the girls kind of seemed like the ones who come through kind of seem a little interested in Allison. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have eventually when Heidi moves in, that she's always stripping in front of her. She's always kind of like watching her. She's mm-hmm. very clearly um, attracted to her. But it, I really think it was, it, I don't know. It, it didn't feel like lesbian in nature to me. It was more just like this person is sexy. I'm comfortable with them. I want to be them in that. Like in that, she was finding her own sexuality. Yeah, Does that I make don't sense. Know. There was also this element that was like felt very like high schooly even though they were grown adults mm-hmm. in that like their bonding moments were like, yeah. I don't know. It just felt very Watching like campy TV together. And... and I was like, you're grown people. I feel like you would bond in different ways. I don't know. I don't know. We we're adults. We, we never had situations where I was like, I'm just going to take off my shirt in front That's of true. you and then steal your perfume. That's not a bonding moment. We've had Gabe. <laughs> we watch movies where what? people get murdered and then talk about trauma and like, nerd stuff that's how we became friends (laughs) there's never been montages of bathing puppies and we have bathed our cats though but like that's more so cursing and crying because they've clawed our arms to death yeah but it's still bonding i know but it's not a cute little montage what about all those times that i've watched you from afar as you showered That'd be really weird. <laughs> and I would move out immediately despite all this years of effort. Because <laughs> it's weird. You wouldn't talk to me? We just talked about this. I guess okay, I would talk to weird. you. I would be very upset. I would have to talk to a lot of people <laughs> in our immediate circles to be like, hey, this is strange, right? Guys, help <laughs> me have this conversation. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so this film is starring one of our favorite actresses slowly she's becoming that is jennifer jason lee yeah uh who yeah she's just like everywhere with horror in the 90s yeah and i totally didn't know that until we watched a lot of horror from the 90s and we're like oh wow we did we were alive then 
I did, but we were not paying attention. Pop up, I, you know, I. Yeah. If anything, I just kind of want to watch a bunch of her movies now. I just want to do an episode on her. Like, what's her deal? What's yeah. her sitch? Now she's on Atypical. What's up? Yeah, what's she doing? Uh, I think she does really great. Um, and considering she took that leap of that terrible haircut, uh, guys, just Google the picture. <laughs> uh, but she puts, she gets a haircut and she looks great. Yeah, it's very interesting, like, the diversity of, like, her looks that she has. Both in, like, this movie and other movies. Yeah. Where, like, she can be the hot friend. She can be the weird-looking girl. Yeah. She can be the badass from the kicking ass taking names time mm-hmm. thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, she can do all of it. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee. She's like, the hey. everything woman. Hey, Jennifer, we love you. I have a new tagline for your existence. The everything woman. Yeah. Come back. Do more, <laughs> do more atypical. We want you up there on, big, on a big screen. Yeah. We'll make you a star again. <laughs> she already is. I don't know. People yeah. know her name probably. If you guys know her, we want to meet her. We love her. Um, yeah. This I hope was, she hasn't done anything offensive. This was a great film. Um, so the film starts where Allie is in a relationship. She is engaged to this gentleman. And then it comes through that... Um, he has cheated on her with his ex-wife because of a voice message, which is because it's the 90s. And so you have it a played box. out loud. Uh, <laughs> um, Hi, and Jason. then he eventually, like, gaslights her himself, like, yeah. you know. Uh, but nothing. she completely dismisses him and kicks him out. And then she's single white female all of a sudden looking for a new partner to live in her, her rent-controlled apartment. Because New York City. It's a nice area, but there's apparently this, like only, there's only like four people who friggin' live here. No one like there's shooting, there's screaming, there's just like hysteria and like ne- only they care once. a lot about the music. But yeah, not that about was the, the one time. The one time was because there was a rock music video loud, but when there's literally gunshots and screaming, Nothing. no one's home. Who's that? It's fine. <laughs> Oh, just 42B again. Shooting Probably listening to another rock video. <laughs> call, the, call the police. Uh, yeah, so she does that. So what I thought was interesting was, like, spoiler alert, but it was 92, so whatever. Um, he, <laughs> Yeah, like us. Uh, he ends up dying, which is pretty, honestly, a badass way. <laughs> he gets a healed shoe to the eye. Yeah, after receiving a blowjob. You know, yeah. It's just like, I don't know, man. From someone you didn't want one from, it was really stressful. Yeah, it was essentially, she he was raped. Um, but it's the 90s, so they wouldn't refer to it as that. They still don't. Yeah, but even more so then. Yeah. Uh, but I had a really, really, really hard time believing him or caring because we started out shitty. hating him. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't really care. As strongly, I did care about, like, her gay friend, because yeah. he was very nice. And he was trying. He was like, no, we need to get this girl help. He was calling therapists for her. Yeah. Like, trying to get her direct help. It was mostly because he cares about Allie, but he also understood that that's the way to do it. He wasn't calling the police. Oh, yeah. Like, he was being a good guy. Just, like, and, like, I don't even know. Like, during it, he wasn't trying to, like, kill her. No. Even though she had, like, brutally attacked him. She was just trying, he was trying to stop her. Yeah. From, like, killing his friend. Exactly. Yeah, he did, He was really good. I I liked him as a character. I did not like Allie. 
um, for multiple multitude of ways. There was a really, really uncomfortable scene that I'm very thankful that we didn't get as uncomfortable in our in the sequel essentially or the remake Ugh. with roommate in that she uh has this like boss or like client oh, or something yeah. and he's super creepy and gross and there's so many times where you're saying things and you're just like cringe 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 and it's then the it just 90s this... cringe more <laughs> yeah because yeah. there's no oh, it's the worst but like he essentially tries to give her a massage and then he's like trying to kiss her oh it was so awful and she's clear, like, no. Yeah. He keeps trying to get her wine. Oh, so uncomfortable. It's disgusting. Yeah. And then she just, like, kicks him and runs out. Um, Heidi did well. Heidi protected her. It's like, give her her money or you're going to hear it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a really traumatizing scene for me. I was just so uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really gross and just, like, awful. And I definitely agree in the the new version the roommate they did a less stressful job um in that it was just her professor who like pecked her which is also terrible but it was less skeevy and cringy yeah then he didn't like keep going after her yeah after she left he just like kept hitting on other freshmen yeah um yeah but yeah i yeah um i thought it was pretty good and i did enjoy it more than the roommate i just felt like it was forever it was only an hour and a half but it felt like forever it was it felt like a very long movie but i definitely enjoyed it more than its newer counterpart yeah for like a variety of reasons i just felt like hetty was a more interesting character they made her more sympathetic than they did rebecca rebecca and the roommate and they definitely just like it was it was well done it was more interesting the characters had depth even though they were the worst yeah her snap made more sense like if anything it was she seemed very very harmless like her escalation seemed almost like instant because the other things just seemed very small triggered Yeah. yeah like the other things that like it just felt like honestly if Allie didn't care then Heidi would have just like dressed like her and lived her life and did that but it would have just been like that's who she is now yeah not like oh i'm gonna kill you yeah all that other stuff happened because she felt threatened whereas with rebecca she's just like lashing out all the time yeah um so the other one the one we're referring to is the roommate which is from 2011 and boy does it show (laughs) it's a very 2011-y there's a flip phone (laughs) Yeah. Classic. Uh, So this film is about when college freshman Sarah arrives on campus for the first time, she befriends her roommate, Rebecca, unaware that the girl is becoming dangerously obsessed with her. Also, it's directed by someone named Christian E. Christensen. Interesting. Yeah. Christian Christensen. For real. Yeah. I just think it didn't... It played a lot on, like, women being shitty like yeah. it felt very much that whereas yeah. like you had the slutty friend and then who wasn't like being a good friend and mm-hmm. then there was like all the women used their bodies to like get things yeah throughout the film and it was just like i don't know i guess it was very 2011 but i just i didn't feel like the characters had enough depth i didn't really care about them 
there's like this boyfriend who spoilers dies and you don't even care because you didn't know him yeah you didn't hate him either like you didn't know he just wasn't there that i will say that it didn't take any risk no one important died there was people who were in jeopardy but as far like in in uh single white female one a dog dies and you see that like you don't see the action but you saw that it was dead and like the boyfriend dies the best friend is like attacked like there's very there's very clear danger like she is tied up the girl's insane is like threatening her life and you feel that it feels very real with this it definitely felt like a teenager who's having a mental breakdown she kills this boyfriend that we only see once we literally see him and then he's killed yeah so like there was no period at which i cared yeah about him or like just like new enough yeah he was one line in the beginning any sort of emotional connection they murder a cat yeah so needlessly meh this movie yeah against it don't murder cats but it was also is very needless because unlike saying she ran away yeah she said to murder the cat then she could have just had it adopted because she in single white female there's a, a dog and the the story is that the dog had gotten out the window and fell off the emergency escape so had you know the boy fell to its had, death like fixed the window but he didn't and whose fault is it whatever well with this the girl just went to like the laundry room and then put a cat in the dryer but that's like okay that one that's messy and people are gonna see it and you can't cover that up. Two, you just told her that the cat ran away. Like, I thought she was going to be like, I didn't realize that the cat was in my laundry. And then I put her in there. And now what the hell? Like, that, okay, that's a really far-fetched lie and it's crazy. But that would be a good reason to do that. Otherwise, it's like, you could have just got rid of it. Yeah, you could have just let it go. Or put it up for adoption. Or something that's not Literally gave it to evil. someone. And they had murdered the cat. That made yeah. me really sad. Yeah, it was definitely a very, like, young person film version of it. Um, one, the dorm that they're in is completely unrealistic. It was huge. It was like, gorgeous. Get out. And everyone there is just like, oh my god, college. We're all pretty yeah, and they just Look get at our giant stuff. rooms. Yeah. And, like, the best friend who's supposed to be positive, uh... Ali Machalka was like awful. <laughs> so yeah, you don't feel bad for her, but she was awful on several levels. One, she was like supposed to be the slutty friend, which is not a problem. Like you can be a slut if you want. Um, but the problem was like her abandoning her friend when she had her stuff in her purse. Like you left her with nothing. Second, you didn't say sorry. You tell her to get over it. She's also gaslighting her. And then third, when you're attacked by her crazy roommate, quote unquote you don't tell her like why wouldn't you like you your friend is sharing a space with this person who physically attacked you and ripped out your belly ring i think that one you should call the authorities two yeah. uh it's tell like, her what? she couldn't kill you if she's arrested for assault like yeah yeah, yeah. it's just no that it seems thing. how do you explain that to anyone no yeah i don't know i just feel like it was very like teen movie Trying to be deeper than it was. Really just being disrespectful in a lot of ways to a lot of different things. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah, her parents in this one were exceptionally bad. Because in in the first one, Hedy's parents... 
she had run away. They were sending her checks, but they didn't know where she was. So at the very base that you could say that they're sending these checks because they want her to be okay, but there's not much else they can do. So they're trying their best. And when they call, they are like, please come back. We want to help you. We want to make sure you're getting the help that you need. Yeah. Whereas with Rebecca and the roommate, her parents are one kind of afraid of her, but also totally unwilling to help her in any way. They're just like, has she been taking her meds? And when it's very clear that she has not, they're just like, nope, we don't talk about it. That's a stigma. We're a fancy rich family. We can't talk about those things. Yeah. And that's really the disservice. I think the parents are honestly big villains in this. Yeah, like, you can, like, just clearly tell that they're not acknowledging that something's wrong while also, like, being, like, she's taking them, right? Yeah. You know, like, they just don't... They just... She said it almost like a jab. She almost said it like, oh, don't get so cozy up to Rebecca because she's crazy. Like, that's what it sounded like, where she was like, oh, I hope she's taking her medicine. It wasn't like hey how's my kid been doing like is she all right like she's had an incident and yeah like that's something you tell someone who's supposed to be like a confidant for your kid you don't say like oh has she been taking a medicine oh no never mind we will not talk about it like have you called your child at all yeah they didn't even know she was coming yeah no it was wild for thanksgiving it was definitely like felt like kind of like the neglectful yeah rich family's trope thing that happens where you get why she was not happy and why she had this intense neediness like this desire to have someone who wouldn't abandon her because clearly she's never known love truly yeah and it's just like there's no acknowledgement of like trying to help her and it was definitely evident but then also it was just like there's so much violence and then like murdery things happening that felt like kind of needless i don't know yeah well also with rebecca in regard in reference to heidi heidi definitely was this nothing person and then slowly was becoming a person while being with Allie. whereas rebecca was very clearly already a person like she in the very beginning was like yeah she's like i don't my name is rebecca don't call me anything else right yeah. she says i don't go to clubs that's not my scene she had a major like she had goals and things and so her turn into becoming sarah doesn't make a lot of sense yeah she didn't seem like she had like that insecurity or like or just like kind of like lack of sense of self as you said like she really was pretty steadfast and who she was yeah just like didn't want anyone else to touch her things yeah why can't she be that it was weird yeah and it was like the whole trying to be her thing definitely just didn't make sense because she clearly wanted to be herself yeah didn't have any sort of like anxiety around being herself physically so why was she trying to like physically mimic this other person it didn't make sense can understand like trying to be like nicer like her like emotionally trying to like fix it because she felt like her mind wasn't maybe yeah what she wanted it to be but yeah it didn't make sense i thought the film was bad (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was pretty bad it was pretty 2011 and we're 3011 2000 late yeah we're to that 3008 
Yeah. Uh, I would recommend if you're going to watch one of those single white he female is all right. Yeah. Um, you don't need to, though. Yeah. It's kind of coming away. It's kind of dated. It's. I don't think we need a new one. I think that tale is dumb. I think the moral's dumb. I think it needs a change. Uh, it needs to have a what positive was the outcome. Moral? I will. I just think that idea of like, she's a crazy bitch doesn't need to be told anymore. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I guess where I'm at is you said that. And then I was like, there really wasn't a purpose. No. Who got something good out of that entire time or experience? No she one. She didn't either. No one did. Yeah. Even Heidi was struggling with that. Like there was no winner yeah there's no like, happiness there's no like positive thing that comes out of that or yeah. like life lesson even other than like maybe help people when they need help yep or like just like be less non-confrontational but those are like things that you could definitely get from different plots yeah and just like be very much less disrespectful to people with mental illness in also general. you can have any type of lady in your house coexisting with you of any color or background or uh sexual orientation they're gonna be wonderful and you probably won't have this crazy case on your hands uh and then be just be a nice person like it it's heady which is from single white female and it's jennifer jason lee heart mm-hmm. and soul dear lord saint uh jennifer jason lee <laughs> so if you like it it's her if you don't like it it's rebecca because ugh, she did a bad job yeah. she did a bad job everything the actress also just like i didn't feel her yeah i didn't feel anyone in that at all the whole movie was bad. I like a uh, bad friend, though. She's good. Allie? She's Michelle good in other things. Yeah, in other things. Even, like, Cam Gigandet. He's also played a crazy, obsessed lover, too, in his own right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he just was a, a boyfriend. He actually did pretty good. I actually... He did pretty well. He came in, he's like crazy, and he also fought back and do what to do. So, he's mm-hmm. he gets points. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, so for this idea of a single white female, so this idea of like the crazy girl, how you feel? I feel like all of it was bad, Rebecca. Yeah. Like, I mean, I thought the movie itself was like entertaining and definitely called upon like the idea that like, yeah, you should try to help people mm-hmm. and like talk about problems. And like, I think it just did a better job in general than the other film, but in terms of like just the concept i wasn't a fan yeah i think this idea of single white female uh one we we don't need this phrase uh two it just continually perpetuating this theme of like crazy person and it's just negative it doesn't help anyone if anything it causes more problems uh people should learn to talk about things and understand that not everyone who has, um, like, any type of mental illness 
immediately means they're a ticking time bomb to hurt other people. That's not how that works. Yeah. And these films, uh, whereas Single White Female was entertaining uh, and was kind of fun, and I enjoyed Jennifer Jason Lee, and I, I, you know, uh, she did a good job. <laughs> but, she did a good job. Uh, it was like the over overarching things just weren't super cool. Um, like even in single white female, when I thought what I thought was so crazy was this, like, uh, negative connotation and demonization of female masturbation. God, it rhymed. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, like in both films, the the villains, uh, Heidi and Rebecca, masturbate, yeah. and. With Heidi, it's kind of, it's hard to tell if it's because she's thinking of Allie or she's thinking of the fact that Allie had just had sex, like that they were close and there was people with connection having sex that she knew and felt connected to and therefore was turned on. Yeah. Uh, with Which is Re- not that weird. No. It's just, yeah, she feels something that shows that she has emotion and can do that. Uh, the weird part came from Allie peeking at her and just being like, kind of perplexed by it and if anything it was like maybe she's the one who has issues that she's not addressing or you know like why are you looking at her like desire to yeah she was straight up creeping on her and there was no need there was that was absurd like let like let your roommate go it's really late she does not know you're alive like that you're awake right now (laughs) like what are you doing and then with rebecca she was masturbating while talking to the ex-boyfriend so that was like kind of crazy but that's the problem was like that she had to be pretending to be sarah and masturbating so it was more overt that whole idea of like no i can't have sex with that person but i can have sex as that person yeah uh but even then it was like why why did that happen that didn't like as a for the director's point of view it's like what is that didn't need to be there like i understand like it made more sense with single white female yeah and it was just strange i don't know and also it's just like the character in the roommates movie she was very openly like okay with like or like it seemed like it like she was like she would flirt with people or like assert her sexuality being herself yes and like being confident in that, and that that she knew that that was something that she could use, yeah, as a tool. Because she like flirts with the teacher, the teacher, and then also the woman's friend. Oh yeah, absolutely. And she's not pretending to be Sarah at that point. She yeah, is being she's just Rebecca. being her. Whereas with Al, with Heidi being Allie, she had to be Allie to go out into the club and get attention. Yeah. So I feel like roommate had watched single white female. And thought, this makes more sense with all this, like, teenagery stuff to put it on actual teenagers, but then didn't actually sit there and listen and think about the film, which is probably because this is a man, uh, Christian, Christian Christensen, who can't understand the complexities of, like, female relationships, female masturbation, and also, like, having, like, this complex mental disorder and trauma coupled with someone who is also non-confrontational like he's missed all the important parts of single white female and just made a film with pretty girls and then over sexualized them it was originally rated r and then he took out some parts it took 13 hours to film the shower scene with ali machaka crazy yeah these are young women like (laughs) totally missed the point uh and it's kind of rude so the roommate gets a double dub double 
thumbs down double rebecca double rebecca Uh, yeah i think there's some points that are good and reputation was attempted uh but overall we don't it doesn't need to happen anymore single white female is old news those don't exist anymore and if they do then they need help they don't need to be stigmatized and put into the urban dictionaries like the crazy bitch yeah Hmm. and there's just like such a stigma against like mental illness in general it's like you're not you know what'll get you killed not dealing with your problems yeah it won't get you killed if you're like trying to help somebody and like you're calling them out on the fact that like they're doing something that's kind of weird and not like judgmental or demeaning way yeah just work it out talk to each other it's like hey i actually care about you and i want you to like feel better and like confident in yourself how can I help? Let's just talk about stuff. Let's have a real connection instead of this like creepy, weird connection that we have. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. So guess what? We're both people. Yeah. Wild. So for 2019, if you haven't learned anything, it's one, be yourself. If yourself has some body modifications, fine. If yourself is a bit monstrous, fine. But yourself is not somebody else. So don't do that. Don't be somebody else. Be you. And be the best you. <laughs> be the best you. Nothing stands between you and your desires. Uh, except maybe yourself or this idea of yourself where you're trying to be somebody else. Yeah. Just be you, man. Yeah. Be you. Well, uh, don't get married. Delete your kids. Delete your kids and that's that's that. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye. Bye.